Hey y'all, I'm Justin Mitchell, and this is Out Here in America. It's a new show from the Sun-Herald in Biloxi, Mississippi, and McClatchy. This week, we're talking with someone who spent her summers as a kid right across the bridge from my family in Southern Mississippi. She's famous now, but we still call her a neighbor. Of course, I'm talking about Tig Notaro. Tig Notaro has had an amazing few years. She was nominated for a Grammy for her stand-up show, Live. Good evening, hello. I have cancer, how are you? And then a Grammy and an Emmy for her follow-up special, Boyish Girl Interrupted. My favorite laugh noise is um, the sigh after the laugh. The Because ah. it's like you're reminiscing about one second ago. She got married to her partner, Stephanie, and together they had twin boys named Max and Finn. I have na- Stephanie and I have named each other because um, we couldn't figure out what we should be called. And I suggested the funny one and the pretty one. I see. And I'm going to be the pretty one. <laughs> now her Amazon series, One Mississippi, has brought her back to her roots on the Gulf Coast. Tig might live in Los Angeles today, but this is where her heart remains. She still comes home to hang out with her cousins and eat at family barbecues. And this is also where she insisted on getting married. But the Gulf Coast is the same place where a Catholic church stripped her cousin of deacon status for officiating Tig's wedding. It's also the place, not far from here, where Tig told me she was afraid she might be kicked out of restaurants or hotels with her partner, a feeling that many of us in the LGBTQ community know too well. Today we're talking about home and everything that comes with it. Please stay with us on Out Here in America. My whole life I've considered Mississippi my home. And, you know, I think that as much as I feel that still, having a wife and twin baby boys, I feel like wherever they are feels like home to me and I I can't wait to get back to them. But Paskerstan is where the majority of my family lives and where I spent holidays and vacations and my summertime. I have a cousin down there that is absolutely obsessed with our family tree, just constantly researching online and sending out emails to the whole family with what he finds. And he'll be like, your second cousin, three times removed on your mother's side of the family, was the first female to ride a two-wheel bicycle (laughs) without a bonnet on. (laughs) Is there anything like... After some digging, I found out, Tig, that you are Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) I mean, it's just so beautiful and it's so laid back and, you know, that's the beach that I grew up going to and the first time I went to a beach in California, I was so confused that there was no parking and bodies were packed in side by side everyone just claiming their little area and maybe an inch separating them from the next person. And I was like, what? It looked like a natural disaster had happened because the beach on, on the Gulf Coast is so relaxed. I mean, in the Pascashan area, 
Yeah, I just, I think I like the slow speed and the beauty and just so many memories everywhere I go. It's in my bones. <laughs> and it's been really nice that Stephanie, my wife, and her family, they've visited Mississippi a bunch now. And um, Stephanie kind of always told me that she never understood hometown pride. She lived in New York and Los Angeles and went back and forth her whole life. And she said, you know, it, I just, I never understood people that had hometown pride. I invited her back to Mississippi to spend the holidays with me and my extended family. And before the trip, she said, um, no offense, but she said, when I picture people from Mississippi, I picture them barefoot. <laughs> Stephanie's actually been there 15 times in four years. Wow. And she has gotten a taste of it and feel for it herself. And she's just really blown away, not seeing that coming in life. A, that she would be so tied to and associated with Mississippi, and B, that she would feel that it's home to her, in a sense. And her mother, I think, has now been there six times in four years. And, you know, I think that they have a sense of home in Mississippi as well. And I think they were a little surprised how much they took to it. Yeah. My boyfriend's from New Jersey. and What part? He's from Cape May. Oh, okay. And he eventually moved down to the coast. And he doesn't want to leave. You know, we'd visit little shops in the Bay or in the past, and we'd go back, and they'd remember who he was and his name. And Mm -hmm. we eat at the same places. And the beach, there's, like, that little twilight, like, right at sunset where the water, the sun reflects, and it's, like, purple and blue. And it's just, like, the drive down 90. It really is just, like, so beautiful. My favorite view in the whole world is driving across past Shannon to Bay St. Louis over the bridge. Oh, yeah. It's the best. It's the absolute best. I remember as a kid... You know, going from Bay St. Louis over to Pascrishan in that direction, just being so excited, squealing with joy just for my summertime. And then when it ended, going from Pascrishan over to Bay St. Louis, headed to New Orleans for the airport, leaving. It was just devastation heading west. But heading east, just beside myself. I know you got married in the past. When your friends from L.A. and comedians and actresses, when they came here for your wedding, what was their reaction in Mississippi? Well, you know, nobody said anything before the wedding, but after the wedding, all I heard from friends was how they couldn't believe the amount of love and support surrounding us in my family and the community. And it wasn't at all what they were expecting from a gay wedding in southern Mississippi, in the deep, deep (laughs) south, you know. And, you know, I know probably not everyone in the town supported the idea, but I didn't feel any effect of that. It It was a huge wedding. I think there were 350 people, and we got married right there on the beach, and then the local police shut down the scenic highway so we could crossover and you could see cars lined up for miles down the beach waiting for 350 people to cross and um, neighbors were coming out of their houses cheering us on saying this is so beautiful this is so wonderful and clapping and I just 
God, it just meant the world to me and my friends witnessing that because it, it wasn't something you could plan with a wedding planner. You couldn't go door to door and say, hey, could you have the locals come out and cheer us on and make it look as loving as I've described it to be? You know, I know Mississippi, the South, every place has its um, dark spots to say the least, but I think what I'm so impressed by with I guess my, my family and friends down there is that their minds have not expanded from living in big cities. You know, that's what happens a lot of times is you move away from your tiny town and you meet so many different people and you realize that there's so much more to consider and so many more people to consider. What blows me away is that my family's minds and hearts are open just through love and, and not needing to go to a big city to realize that. You know, they're religious people, <laughs> military people, you know, they have certain conservative ideas, but, you know, my cousin, he's a deacon in the Catholic Church. He married us. The Catholic Church, they were very upset. Were they? Oh, yeah. And he uh, he's not able to do that anymore. And but he said he knew that that was going to happen, but there was no way that he wasn't going to marry us. It was worth it for him. Too. Yeah, absolutely. And he fights for LGBT rights. He writes his letters. He chats online and makes his phone calls and posts on social media. He's very supportive. And this is a small town religious person. But my friends were to go back to that idea, absolutely touched and blown away. And all we hear still is it was the most beautiful, loving wedding they'd ever been to. In fact, a lot of people left past Christian starting an email chain between them saying, man, we got to go in on a place down there, <laughs> you know, or wanting us to go in on it with them. And I'm like, why would I do that? My cousin has an eight bedroom house. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to buy any place down there. Do you think that people in America, when they think of the South and a small town in Mississippi, do you think they would think people would be as open-minded as your family and accepting? No, not at all. You know, I, I think people have their ideas. And they're right a lot of times. But it's, it's not, I always say it, it's not just Mississippi. It's not just the South. It's, you run into it in upstate New York, you run into it in Illinois, you run into it in California. There's pockets everywhere. You know, it makes me sad when people have these ideas that are blanket ideas of certain states or towns or areas or people or, you know, with different backgrounds. And people outside of those pockets can kind of decide in their minds that these areas or people are just stupid, closed-minded, not worth it. To defend marriage as it has always been between one man and one woman. You're just also throwing away so many people that are not that way. There's just so many beautiful, talented, loving people everywhere that you might not expect it. You keep hating, we keep waiting. Don't you wanna hear your past? At the end of season one, there's a scene where you tell your brother, we're legally human now in every state but this one. You're not going back to Brooks, right? Or are lesbians okay with that sort of thing? 
You know, we're human, legally even, in every state now, except for this one, actually. How do you feel about Mississippi and being so last to come around to gay marriage? Well, I mean, it was such a, it's been such a whirlwind, you know, not knowing where gay marriage was going to fall. We were still planning our wedding because we wanted to get married when we wanted to get married. We didn't know or care if it was going to be legal. I mean, of course we cared, but we didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And it's really funny because we sent out our invitations this one evening. The following morning, gay marriage was legal. And we, we couldn't believe. And so here we were legally getting married in Mississippi. And the joy and pride that I felt to have our marriage certificate say state of Mississippi, it was just like, gosh, I can't even believe we're seeing this. And then just like right after that, just the turn the state took. Critics call it a giant step back for the civil rights movement in the United States. Mississippi has passed legislation that allows businesses to deny services to gay couples. Uh, uh, yeah, of course we are. You know, religious freedoms are very important to us here in this state. And this was an effort to protect those freedoms. And we are very pleased that the governor had the courage and the, and the foresight to sign that down. It's just gotten so convoluted again in this frightening way. And we took this trip to Jackson, and I really, we both felt scared because we could be kicked out of a hotel. We could be kicked out of a restaurant. It was the first time I felt scared. There are those places, they're dark and scary, and you have zero cell phone reception, and you're just yeah. kind of like, ooh. Yeah, you're like, I'm potentially not safe but you were gonna get married here regardless. Yeah, 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 and I think that, I don't know, it's, it's where I wanted to get married. It made the most sense, you know, and my mother's buried there, and I think holding on to my good memories and my hopefulness and joy and knowing there's a need to remain vocal and active to try and move things in the right direction. I think it's important that we got married on the beach in Mississippi and that we got our marriage certificate. And, you know, going in to get that, the paperwork done, there was a sense of, <sighs> how are we going to be treated when we go in there and we actually were treated really well and and the person behind the counter congratulated us and it was really nice and you know you just hope that more pockets of that open up. I feel what you're saying about being scared because mm -hmm. you really don't know how people are going to react especially here mm -hmm. and I think working for a newspaper you see the comments on these stories and you wonder these people really feel like that about you and it, and it really kind of hits you hard but then in Bay St. Louis and past Christian, they started this campaign that says all welcome here. And mm -hmm. so all of these businesses and all of these places are just putting these little signs that say all in all of their shops. And at that moment is when I felt, you know, like it's going to be okay. Uh -huh. and, it had, and it's been okay. And it's uh -huh. been so much better. And that's really reassuring for me coming from the place where I was born and raised. And mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I, I felt safe in past Christian. 
and Bay St. Louis and that area. But, you know, I think having children now and knowing that there would ever be a moment that these little precious babies' parents don't feel safe and potentially couldn't protect them. I really want more for the state of Mississippi. There's a really poignant part in your documentary, and it talks about how home changes when you have babies. Mm -hmm. And you made a choice to, to have this fertility treatment, even though your cancer, it could have come back. It's such a weird feeling to be reading something that's like, this could happen, including death. You're like, okay, <sighs> no problem. Whatever it takes, I'll get your will in place. <laughs> Don't not say that. <laughs> what does that mean to you when you look at Max and family? I mean, <laughs> I mean, everything that has to do with them, what it means is just joy and everything's worth it. And it's such a um, complicated thing because Max and Finn are not, you know, from that actual process of IVF, from that documentary but but still I made that choice I put myself at risk and it's weird to say it's worth it because I was potentially killing myself to have a family I would not tell anybody to oh yeah you should risk your life and you know do IVF people have to make their own decisions that they can live with and what they want for themselves and you know, I was in a, in a highly fragile and emotional state at that time, having kind of lost nearly everything around me and feeling like I had nothing left to lose and potentially so much to gain. I was diagnosed with bilateral breast cancer. And before I had a double mastectomy, I was already pretty flat-chested. And I made so many jokes over the years about how small my chest was that I started to think that maybe my boobs overheard me. <laughs> and we're just like, you know what? We're sick of this. Let's kill her. It's so complicated, but I, I mean, it was a, an insane time, but, but Max and Finn, they're nothing but joy to me, and I really can't believe I have them. Do you get to see them when you leave set? Oh, yeah. I mean, I won't tonight because they'll be in bed, but sometimes, you know, we start filming at 6 in the morning, or sometimes we don't start until... 9 o'clock at night, and then we film through the night. It just kind of depends on what we have to shoot that makes sense for the script. And it's a crazy schedule, but luckily the filming only lasts a couple of months. But to make six episodes of the show, it takes a solid six months, from writing to production to editing. And then during that six months that we're not making this show, I'll go and tour on the weekends and but the first six months of their lives, I took off completely just to fully be home and bond with them and 
It's nice. Stephanie's mother takes care of them when we're not with them, so we have a nice little tribe. <laughs> That's really wonderful of you. So this is your first real project since the boys then? Definitely. They're about to start walking, and it's going to start getting pretty nuts. And um, as much as it's been great to do season two, I can't wait to just be home. And Have you guys had the opportunity to take Finn and Max down to the coast a lot? Yeah, I mean, they're 11 months old, and this is the second time they've been there in a year. Yeah. So I'd say they've been there as much <laughs> as you could go. As They went at six months old, and they just turned 11 months old. And I have that hometown pride with the state, and I, I refuse to leave it behind and discard it as helpless or hopeless. And Stephanie and I plan on visiting for sure every year, if not a couple times a year. Special thanks to Tig Nataro for sharing her story with us. Thanks to our Out Here in America team, Amanda McCoy, Jordan Marie Smith, and Davin Coburn. And thanks to Jason Shaw for the music. Want to hear more stories like Tig's? Subscribe to Out Here in America on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. I'll see y'all next week on Out Here in America.